Well, well done, everybody, for making it to nine o'clock church. And um, yeah, this is cool. Do you re remember that we've come because this is going to be cool? Well, it's cooler than perhaps at 11 o'clock. Greetings to the Zoomies as well. Um, my name is Liz and I'm the rector here and I'm delighted to be with you all. Um, one thing you're going to need during this ser sermon is um, a piece of paper, a scrap of paper. So if you haven't got one, just wave and Megan will give you one now. Um, so you should have picked one up on the way in and kids, you might want one as well. Uh, everybody should have a piece of paper. Um, and while Megan's giving those out, um, cool. So I don't know how many of you know any American Sign Language, ASL. Just wave to me or, or put it in the chat if you're on Zoom. Do you know any ASL at all? Okay, a good number of you. That's uh, fantastic. A long time ago, I actually started to try and work out how long ago it was, and then I got a little alarmed because it was turning out to be sort of decades rather than years. Um, Simon and I started going to a church in London where there was a deaf community and we wanted to get to know the deaf people in our, in our community and so we began a process of learning British Sign Language, BSL. And we started off by just learning the alphabet, you know, A, B, C, D and all the rest of it. But that wasn't quite enough. So we got to know other people in the community and they began to help us to learn some signs so that we could say a little bit more. We could kind of go, hello, and how are you, and things. But then that became a little bit frustrating and we wanted to know more. And so then we started going to classes which were taught by deaf people. And gradually, slowly, we increased our fluency and we became a little bit more competent in BSL to the point where at last we were able to have conversations about things that mattered. When we came to America, I thought it might be an easy transition to go from BSL to ASL. Turns out not so much. So uh, everything's kind of completely different. So I've got almost as far as learning how to finger spell. And I've been talking with Emily Dittmer and she's taught me some more signs. But ideally, if I was going to get better at ASL, we would have a deaf community in this church. We would also have people who we could, we would go to classes and we would learn from deaf people. And for me, as I've thought about this idea about what it means to be a community and to grow as a community, that's been very much part of our thinking as we've been thinking about the series about Imitate Me. Because the things I learned as I learned BSL was that you can kind of learn a bit from reading a book. You can kind of learn a bit from somebody else who's got a little bit more than you. But if you really want to grow, you want to sort of attach yourself to experts. And you want to be in community where you're learning things together, where there's a sense of togetherness about figuring things out and growing. And as we've been beginning the series now today of Imitate Me, that's the kind of image I want you to have in your mind. All of us who are going to be preaching in the series have, have been thinking, who are the people or influences in our life who we have imitated? Who are the people we use as those kind of um, ones who will gather us into community and help us to learn? The verse in Corinthians, from 1 Corinthians 11, was Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the people to imitate who are imitating Jesus. 
And so we're going to be looking at a whole range of people. People you may agree with, people you may not agree with, but people who've had some sort of influence on our lives as we've grown to look more like Jesus. And so, slightly to my surprise, as I was kind of thinking about who I wanted to talk about, I thought about all sorts of people I'd known as I grew up and as, as I, who I know now. And the story which I kept on coming back to was the one that Caroline read earlier from Numbers. Not perhaps a particularly well-known passage, not particularly one which you go to all the time, but it's a little quirky story tucked in the middle of Numbers about some girls who didn't have any brothers, who went to Moses and asked boldly for something. And so it got me thinking, where have you asked boldly for something in your life? Can be anything at all. So you might have been at work, at home, whatever, or God. What I'd like you to do is just the first thing that pops into your mind, turn to the person next to you and say, I remember asking boldly for this. Zoom people, you can put it in the chat. So you've got one minute. I asked boldly for... Alrighty, okay, you, you'll get a moment later on, maybe over coffee, you can finish telling the story of when you asked boldly for something. But let's have another look at that story from Numbers. It's uh, Numbers 27, if you happen to want to follow it in your Bibles. It's a story of girls, five girls in this family, and they had a problem in that they didn't have any brothers. And inheritance always came through the male line. And their father had died. And so one day they got together and they thought, this is, this is going to be awkward for us as we get a bit older because we're going to be disinherited. And so they went along to Moses. This is when they, people were in the wilderness. Eleazar was the priest. And they went up to them at the tent of meeting and they said, our father has died in the wilderness. And they're quick to say he wasn't one of the people who had really messed up. He wasn't one of the company of Korah. He just died and he had no sons. And why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he had no son. Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. Now, at that point, Mosaic law was following quite closely along with the law of Middle ancient Middle Eastern and Mesopotamian law. It was unheard of for girls to inherit. It was strictly not done. So these girls had gone to Moses and essentially said, change the law. And Moses didn't dismiss them. Good on Moses. He actually went to God and asked him what to do. And God said to him, they are right. These women are right. You shall indeed let them possess an inheritance among their father's brothers and pass the inheritance of their father unto them. And you shall say to the Israelites, essentially, change your laws. If a man dies and has no son, then you shall pass his inheritance on to his daughter. And it carries on explaining the ramifications about the way the law needed to change. These young women who may have only been in their late teens changed the law of Israel by speaking out, by asking boldly by drawing attention to something which was going to be deeply unfair to them. 
I love the story. I love the story of women breaking out of the kind of gender mold, patriarchal stereotype they've been put in. And I love that it's recorded as a really important story in the Bible. There's another very similar story in Judges 1 when Caleb's daughter Aska asks for a well. Now, in fact, she's just been given in, given in marriage. So, okay, we won't delight in all the details of the story. She was given in married, marriage to a successful uh, soldier, Othniel. Her dad said, well, have my daughter in marriage because you did so well. Okay, maybe not so great. But she, he gives her some fields. And then she comes back to him and says, hey, it's not enough to have fields. We need wells. We need wells. We can't have livestock without water. And again, her dad listens to her and says, you're quite right. I need to give my daughter these wells as well. So people asking boldly, people who are perhaps marginalized, people who did not have something which they needed in order to survive, asking boldly. I don't know what you asked boldly for, and I don't know what you just told your neighbor, but perhaps it was something at work. Maybe you asked for a pay rise, which you felt like you deserved. Or maybe it was relational. Maybe you swiped right on Bumble and really hoped that this is going to be the one. Or maybe you asked for a spiritual gift over the last few weeks when we have been encouraging you to ask boldly, to look for more. As we've been asking boldly of God to give us gifts, I, I remembered back to when I was probably around 10 or 11. And uh, I must have heard a sermon or read the Bible or something and, and heard about the gift of tongues. And I thought, oh my goodness, that sounds really, really cool. I want the gift of tongues. So I remember actually where I was sitting. I was sitting at school on this lawn and I remember sitting there and saying, God, will you give me the gift of tongues, please? Now, now, that kind of eager anticipation thinking, well, I'm sure it's just going to kind of burst out of my mouth and I'm going to be kind of sitting here looking really spiritual and holy and, and praying in tongues over the school lawn. And it, and it kind of didn't happen. And I didn't ask anyone. I didn't say anything to anyone at that time. We weren't really connected into a particular church family. I didn't really know what to do with that request. I just put it out there and didn't happen and I was a bit kind of puzzled a bit frustrated but just let it go but about 20 years later I was in a different church situation and I was in a situation where people prayed in tongues all the time they prayed in tongues when they worshiped they sang in tongues they prayed in tongues when they prayed for healing over each other it was normal and at that point God did give me the gift of tongues but it was in a time when there was teaching about it. There were sermons about how to not misuse it, how to use it well. There was an expectation, there were parameters, there was community that could help me to use this gift in a safe and sensible manner within kind of like parameters. It was done in community and it was lovely and it was good and it was healthy and it was a bold request that God took 20 years to answer. He answered it when I was in a place when I was, could learn to be released into using the gift without it being a tool that somehow I wanted to exalt my own spirituality with. It was something which could be used in community. And so that's a time I remember very vividly about asking boldly for a spiritual gift. 
And since then, of course, like all of us, I've asked boldly for things all the time. I've done those asking boldly for pay rises and for relationships and for things in my kind of day-to-day -day life. And I've asked for people to be healed and I've asked for world peace and I've asked for all the things that we do ask boldly for. And I think there's sort of two questions then very quickly is what should we ask for? And what do we do when God doesn't answer? First of all, I hope you picked up in the two readings that we had earlier. First of all, the reminder from the gospel that we read when Jesus said, ask, and he said it repeatedly. He said, ask, and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And he then went on to say, just like a father, if your child comes to you asking for bread or fish, you don't give them stones and snakes. You know how to give good gifts. And your heavenly father is a good father. And he will give things to you. So there is an exhortation to ask. We do have to step out in the whole asking thing. It's gloriously invitational and reflects the heart of God as a good father. And then that reading from Philippians we heard from Paul, he hears much the same kind of thing. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Two very, very strong injunctions that it's important for us to ask. So how do we know what is good to ask for? Well, Paul goes on in that passage in Philippians to give you some fairly noble-sounding but splendid kind of uh, descriptors. The suggestion that we concentrate on things that are true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, and commendable. And then following on in that passage from Philippians, he says, keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. A second injunction to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. And so what are the things that we should be asking for? Well, I think it's entirely appropriate. Last week, we talked about the Trinity and about how we're all called to be in relationship. I think God does want us essentially to swipe, swipe right on Bumble. He wants us to be in relationship with people. He wants us to be looking for relationships. And so concentrate on asking for good relationships with your neighbor, with your friends, with your co-workers, with your family. Every week we pray, give us our daily bread. God wants us to ask for provision. He wants us to ask for fair pay for our work. He wants us to ask for things that are going to provide for our daily living, or pay our daily bills. We should ask. God loves to give his children fish instead of stones. And yes, we should ask for spiritual gifts. And as that child of 10 didn't really know what she was doing, I invite all of you to actually step in more and more into asking for the gifts that God has in store for us. And we should imitate Christ. And then there are all the other things. Of course, we need to do as we saw Jesus doing. So staying in the Gospels, reading the Gospels, seeing how Jesus went after people, reading the, the stories of the lost sheep and the peace of the world and for asking for reconciliation, all these big prayers, we need to keep asking them. 
We need to ask boldly and be prepared to act in response to the answer because often God will say, yes, we're looking for peace in your neighborhood, but you know who's going to be the hands and feet of that peace? It's going to be you. It's going to be you as you step out into your neighborhoods to be God's voice in un around us. It will involve you. But what about those times when God doesn't say yes or doesn't appear to, or maybe appears to ignore you altogether and there's just this kind of silence from heaven? Well, a couple of things. I would suggest that you keep going, coming back to truth. What do you know about God? You know that he's good. You know that he's your father. You know that he loves to say yes. And so you hold tightly onto that knowledge. You come back to that as your base position. And then you recognize also that our choices are influenced by other people's choices. God allows everyone free will, not just me or you. And so, of course, our choices are affected by the choices of other people, choices which are rampantly affecting our fallen world. So, yes, God does miraculously turn in and th overturn things sometimes, but he also wants us to figure out how we live in this world. And so, yes, I guess he, could, he would stop global warming perhaps, but we have to play our part. There is always the thing that we can do towards it. We need to persevere. We need to persevere in a world where the Tulsa massacre took place. We need to persevere in a world where billions are not yet vaccinated. We need to persevere in a world where schools have children who are abused and murdered. We need to persevere in a world where lots of people are making terrible, terrible choices. God does answer our prayers, but he also has to allow the rest of the world to do their thing too. And also, just possibly, the thing that you've asked for right now might not be that good for you at the moment. I was chatting with an incarnation parent this week and he said the best thing that you can teach your child is delayed gratification. I thought, yeah, I guess that's kind of what God does with us as well sometimes. He teaches us delayed gratification. And that's really where my story of tongues comes in. It was delayed gratification. Maybe the time is not right. Maybe you've actually asked for a stone when God has a fish in store for you. Maybe you just need to grow up a little before God will give you the gift until the point where you can handle it. So why did I ask you each to have a piece of paper? Well, I wanted you each to have a piece of paper because I wanted you to take a moment in the silence now to think about what it is that you most want to ask God boldly for. And I want you to use both sides of that bit of paper. On one side of the piece of paper, I would like you to ask God boldly for something. And on the reverse side of the bit of paper, I would actually like you to ask God boldly for something for incarnation. What is the thing that you would most like to see in our community as we move forward? Where would you like God to pour out his spirit? How would you like God to move amongst us? What I would going to ask then is that the ushers are going to bring around a basket after a moment or two's silence. And hopefully you'll be ready. So just jot things down. It doesn't have to be the be all and end all of all, all answers. You could even just draw a picture or put a smiley face or something. And then we're going to bring them up and we're going to put them on the altar. And as we come to communion, I'm going to pray over that basket of things. And we're going to ask God to answer our bold prayers to him, asking our good father to give us a fish today. And so take note of the thing that you've asked for. 
keep asking it, especially both for yourself and for our community. Pay attention and remember that your good father loves to give good gifts. So we'll take a moment or two to think of those things. And if you're on Zoom, again, if you could put those things in chat, maybe not the personal one, but the thing for incarnation, if you could write it in the chat and we'll take note of those. Amy will write them down and pop them in the basket as well. We'd love for our whole community to be able to participate in this. And to all our visitors, lovely to see visitors here amongst us, both here and on Zoom. You're very welcome to pray a bold prayer for us as well. We would love that too. Let's ask God boldly. <laughs> 